What a great Sunday, beautiful day out. And as we are launching today, we want to take some time as a church just to share with you about, uh, for a few moments, just our mission and our vision. And then we want to get into the word. And I want to share with you this. It's funny. Um, you know how they bring up Facebook memories? Anybody on Facebook? Maybe just the old people. Okay, so, so here's the thing. Like today came up when we had our first vision meeting, and there's a couple of you who were here at that first vision meeting just to share about our heart for Norristown. And, and so the vision simply is this, is to see people disconnected from God come to life in Jesus. It's that simple. Um, now, it, it can be hard at times because, again, uh, where we're planting, we've seen you know uh, opposition. We've seen all kinds of different obstacles that get in the way. But yet we know that anyone who is disconnected from God can come to life in Christ. That's exciting. That's really exciting. We get that opportunity to do that, to be able to be a church that says, hey, you know what? You may not have it all figured out. Guess what? We don't either. But what we do know is that Jesus is Lord and that he wants to see Norristown change for the kingdom of God. That's exciting. So that's our vision as a church. That's our vision as a church. Praise God for that. And then our mission is simply this, is to inspire people to rise up follow Jesus to give him glory. That's it. And whatever rise up looks like, obviously it's rising up to new life in Christ, but it's also simply maybe helping folks or being an encouragement to someone, pushing them and challenging them and to live like Jesus. That's what we're talking about, about rising up to be people who they look at this church and say, there's something there that I want to be a part of. And that's our heart. And that's why we're beginning to do this every week and uh, I want to share some things throughout the message today, things that we've been praying about and that we want to move forward with as a church. And so I wanted to begin by just asking the simple question, have you ever felt helpless? Anybody ever felt helpless? And so, uh, good, a couple of you. I know I was, um, and some of you know this, but recently, you know, having, having my wife's purse taken. Uh, it was taken and it had all of our cards in it. It had um, phones and it had iPad and and. You know, fortunately, there wasn't keys and license in there. That's a whole other story for another day and time. But we just felt helpless. We didn't know, you know, where to turn. Well, we knew where to turn, but it's just like we don't have keys. We don't have cards to pay for things. We don't, you with me? And then, you know, sometimes you get to that point of feeling so helpless that sometimes you begin to do things that wouldn't ordinarily you would do. You become desperate at times. And you'll do things that are out of your character. And so what we're going to see today is, is a gentleman who was someone who was helpless, physically helpless. And yet he has an encounter with two gentlemen uh, in, in this story here that we're going to see in Acts chapter 3. And we're going to see the extraordinary way that God moved to see this man changed. And so if you have a Bible with you, we're going to look at Acts chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. We're going to have it on the screen. And what we want to do today is we want to begin to say that our faith is simply this. It's going to always bring us to places for us to trust God. It really will. Like, I don't know about you, but I've shared with our core team, like sometimes I'll pray, like, God, I, I want more faith. And then what happens? Boom, here you go. There's a, there's a dilemma. There's an issue. There's a difficult situation. And let's see how much you trust me. Let's see how much you have faith in me. And so that's what we want to look at today. The message is simply called greater faith greater faith. We're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 3. So let's look there together uh, this afternoon. And as I said, there's a gentleman who has been physically helpless all of his life. And we're going to see how this story plays out 
in the text. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. So this gives us the setup of our story here today. You see it says that there was a man that was, was lame from birth. Some Bible scholars believe that he could have been over 40 years old. So imagine being helpless for over 40 years. Having people who were having to take you to the temple. The temple was the place where the Jewish people would go to worship. It was believed that if you were poor or you were sick, the temple was the best place to go and hang out because people were probably more generous of giving as they were entering into the temple to worship God. And so we see that this man was sick. He, was phys- he had physical defects. And we see that Peter and John, Peter and John are disciples of Jesus Christ, but we see them going into the temple. Now, they, they were Jewish, so they were still practice, having Jewish practices. And it, and it said that around the, uh, excuse me, around 66 to 70 AD is when really Christianity broke off from Judaism. So we see they're still following some Jewish practices by going to pray in the temple. And we see this gentleman, if in your mind, just picture someone just laying at your front door. Just imagine someone laying there and just as you go by every day, just saying, hey, do you have any money? Can you help me out a little bit? And someone would bring him every day, every day to this place. And think about it. In, in my mind, if I'm that man, I'm thinking, okay, here's the deal. It's up to someone to get me there, but it's up to me to get the money. And so if, if it's not for the money, if it's not for the charity of others who are going through to worship God, guess what? He's not eating for the day, is he? No, he's not. And so, so he's saying it depends on someone to get me there, but it depends on me to make something happen. And so he's asking for money. So we see that this man maybe was someone who had his speech memorized. Maybe he mixed it up every month. Maybe he changed it up a little bit. And maybe, you know, he had like a alms for the poor. Who knows? But what we do know is that maybe as those people went by, maybe some complained about him. Some had compassion on him. And some just completely ignored him. But yet there's a man who was helpless. And so in your notes, I want you to put this down for the first thing is there was a need. There was a need. When we see that there was a need, this man who's laying on the ground by the gate called Beautiful, he's seeing Peter and John just as another means to get what he needs. Are you with me there? And so this is this is what we see is that for you and I, we can look at our community and say there are needs. So even if you're not from Norristown, anywhere you go, any community you live in, any neighborhood that you're a part of, you know that there are people around you and in your life who have needs. And you know what? Guess what? It may not be financial needs. There, we may have people in our lives or even ourselves who have needs to be accepted. I just have a need if I could just make it up that next ring of the corporate ladder. If I could just have what they have, life would be great. But when we have that type of attitude, what happens? We always want more, don't we? If I could just have a little more, if I could just have that iPhone 10 because I'm really not liking the six. Man, I can't wait till the 15 comes out. You know what I mean? Like, But what we're trying to understand is that even for us at Redemption 1010 as a church, we want to help the best way we can 
to help others, to meet needs. But I'll tell you this, and I've shared this with our people, is, is that we want to let them know your eternity is more important. We want to help you now, but we want to be with you forever. And so that's what we need to understand. And listen to what the Bible tells us about needs. Philippians 4.19, the writer Paul says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, what it doesn't say is that your bank account is going to get really fat later on today. That's not what it's saying. It's saying that everything you need, if God wants it for your life, he's going to make it happen. And when you look at even in the in the New Testament, the early church was persecuted. Do you think their bank accounts were full? Do you think that they had it easy? Some of the some of the things that we can learn is when we have the least is when we know we have it all. And that's what we can see here. And so when you and I choose to say it's going to be greater faith, here's the thing, folks, it's saying I'm going to tap into the right source who is Jesus Christ. If this is what he wants for me, this is what I want for me. If he doesn't want this for me, then I don't want it either. And so that's what we're seeing here, that there was a need. But yet Christ is telling us today that he wants to be our source of everything. If he supplies everything, he can be our everything. Amen? Amen. So let's continue here. Let's look here at verse 4. It says, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Now, if I'm the guy, I'm thinking, well, I'm in trouble. You're just someone else who's making excuses of why you can't help me. Right? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. I thought that was powerful because if I'm that guy laying there, right, I'm thinking, okay, now something's coming. Maybe he's got even something better than silver and gold. I, I don't know. But then he says this, and this is what's powerful here. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And so that, that's very interesting because if I'm the guy laying there and there's this man over me and he says, listen, I don't have what you, you need. Let me rephrase that. I don't have what you want, but I have what you need. I have what you need. And what we see here is that Peter um, takes a step of faith himself. Think about that for a minute. Who needed the faith more? Was the man laying on the ground? Or was it Peter that said, in the name of Jesus, walk? And I thought that interesting as I studied this passage of Scripture, because I'm going, if I'm Peter, I'm thinking here, God, you need to show up. Because like, if this guy doesn't get up, this is going to be an awkward moment. So who, who needed the faith? I believe both of them did. I believe both of them did because Peter is saying, listen, I know God can fix your problem. Whatever that may be, whatever your, your issue you're dealing with, your situations that are going on in life right now, just get up and walk. Get up and walk. And if I'm that guy laying there, I'm just thinking you are out of your mind. You've got to be kidding me. This is an insult to me. You realize over 40 years I've been laying here. Let's just, for argument's sake, he came as maybe an adult. Let's say 22 years he's laying there. And he's going, you've got to be kidding me. You want me to look at you and then you tell me just to get up? How dare you? But yet, what's exciting is that we see in our notes is that there was a miracle. There was a miracle. What was the miracle? Well, he said, get up and walk. And we're going to see how this all plays out in just a minute. 
But I'll tell you this. The writer of the book of Acts, his name is Luke. Now, Luke was a physician by trade. So imagine him being a doctor and thinking medically. Like, again, like Peter, I just don't know how this is going to happen. Like, we have the means to have surgeries to fix folks today. Are you with me there? So, so as Luke's writing this, there has to be some faith with Luke. Luke's saying, wow, God's about to show up in a big way. And that's what he wants to do here in Norristown. God wants to show up in a big way. And if, if this church, Norris, uh, Redemption 1010, or if the people of God here in Norristown say, God, you know what? You may not be big enough for this. Then, then we've lost. We've made excuses. We'll continue to say we can't push back the darkness. But yet God is saying, oh, yes, you can. All you got to do is get up and walk. You got to get up and walk. Why? Because there was a miracle. And what I love that Peter did, he said in the name of Jesus. Did you notice he said not in the name of Peter and John, not in the name of the temple, not in the name of the beautiful gate, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Because, because there's power, as we sang this, this afternoon, <laughs> there's power in the name of Jesus. Not power in the name of Jeff, not power in the name of a church name. There's power in Christ. And for those of us who are followers of Christ today, let me let you know that his power is with you. His presence is with you. That there is nothing that he can't accomplish. Listen, by faith I can say that impossible is not in God's vocabulary. He does the possible, and we're going to see how this plays out. You know, being a bivocational pastor, I have the opportunity to drive for Lyft, and you meet some interesting people sometimes. And uh, I, I was picking up someone, and we were talking. It was a younger gentleman, and, and I said, how was your holidays? And he said, man, he said, it was great. I said, well, tell me what was great about it. And he said, well, listen, I, uh, I asked, all I wanted was a pair of shoes. That's it. I said, okay, cool. I said, well, how'd that work out? He said, I got a car. I said, what? That's insane. Like, how did that happen? He goes, my parents knew, you know, I've been working hard. And, you know, so they said, we want to help you get a car. So I said, you went from shoes to a car. Isn't that something? That's a miracle, isn't it? He's like, oh, yeah, that's a miracle. But what we see in this miracle, and we're about ready to see, is that, that things had to happen. See, I think a lot of times we want God to be that cosmic genie, don't we? We want him to be that, that vending machine in heaven that just like, you know, I'm going to put my quarter in and God, you're just going to just keep pumping the stuff out. But it's not that way. There was absolutely a miracle. But here's what you and I can, can understand. It was the supernatural work of God that was happening here. There was something greater going on. And for you and I, when we see God perform and show up, listen, listen to what Moses says in Deuteronomy 10:21. He says, he is the one you praise. Moses is saying, don't praise me. You praise your creator. He is our God who performed for you all those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. See, Moses is reminding the people of Israel that, that God got them out of, uh, of oppression and of slavery. And he's saying, don't you forget who did it. And that's what Peter is saying. I don't want to take the credit. All the credit, all the glory goes to our Savior. And maybe today, some of you need a miracle. Maybe some of you need a breakthrough. But I can tell you this today. I can't give you what you want, but I can let you know who is Savior, who is Lord, and the one who can give you what you need. Amen?
See, a lot of times when we want God to give us that miracle, it takes our full attention off him because we're looking for that thing rather than focusing our eyes on him. And when we want to choose to live a life with greater faith, here's what I've learned literally over the past month. Sometimes the greatest miracle in our lives is God's presence with us. For what he's done, he's already done for us. The work that he did on the cross to bring relationship between us and the Father. Isn't that great? That's a miracle in itself. So, so let's take a look. We see that there was a need. We see there was a miracle. Let's see what happens in this story. Verse 8, it says, He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Okay, that's pretty wild. And then it goes on to say, Then he went with them into the temple court. So this man gets up, he walks, and then what happens? He's going with them into the temple. What, what do they do in the temple? Do you remember? They go to worship God. Okay, what do they do in the temple? All right, good, good. All right. But it says, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. Like he is really getting it here. And then when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. So here he comes strolling in, dancing, praising God. And as the kids would say, he may be even flossing on the way in. Who knows? But what we do know is that something changed in this man's life. He went from laying on the ground for over, over, let's say, the 22 years, and he got up. But what I love about this is that the power of God was at play, but also, guess what else had to be in play? The man on the ground and Peter. Right? If Peter's leaning in and saying, get up and walk, I don't think Peter stood there like this. I think Peter extended his hand and he said, get up and walk. Get up and walk. See, a lot of times, again, we want God to do all the work and we'll just sit back and we'll do Christianity light and we'll say, I want all God with, le- with half of the work to do. You know, and those of you who are with 1010, you know that we don't have to work for our salvation. God has already done, done that through the work of Christ. What we have to do is we have to work at it. And that's what we're seeing here displayed. There was a man who had faith that was laying on the ground. There was a guy that was leaning in that had faith as well. And th- think about the people that are in your life who you need to begin to lean into. Who are those people as, again, going back to our core team, who are the people who are disconnected from God but close to you that you know that are just laying there, that they need to be a part of new life? Are you leaning in? Are you willing to reach in and help? I remember when we first got started, we were... When I say started, when we first moved here, I remember our, our cargo bro- broke in. And I'll never forget, like, I was so angry and frustrated, and my wife was like, we need to pray. I was like, you know what we do? Lord, I pray this guy just, I hope everything goes wrong with his life. And she's like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, all right, Lord, you, you meant for this to happen. All right, no, that's not right either. So, but what I'm trying to get at is that that happened. Something was stole out of our car. And yet eight months later, I get a call from a guy who goes to our church that says this. Hey, man, I I met the guy that broke into your car. I'm like, no. He's like, yeah, I work with him. I was like, no. He's like, yeah. And I got to meet him. And he said, I'm so sorry for what I did. But I was listening. He said, I'm I'm a recovering heroin addict. And he said, I went and, and, and just got frustrated with life and things and personal issues happened. And I said, I just needed something. And I saw something in your car. And I took it. 
And he said, I'm so sorry. Will you ever forgive me? And I said, dude, if Jesus can forgive me, then I surely can forgive you. And there we are in the local McDonald's in Norristown. This man's weeping. Now, if I would have said, like, you're getting charges pressed on you, you know, you, you're a mess, you know, you, you, you're, you're just what's wrong with this community, but no. And then he says to me, he goes, I want to pay for your window. I said, I told you you're forgiven. That means you're forgiven. See, we have to lean in. We have to lean in sometimes to the hurting, the uncomfortable, the unlovely, the difficult, because guess what? God sees us sometimes like you're unlovely, you're difficult, you're hard to deal with sometimes, you're stubborn, you're prideful. I'm only speaking to myself. And, uh, and so we need to recognize we need to recognize that there was something going on here. And the people were watching, right? So if all these people are going to the temple, there's an audience. So in your notes, I want you to put this last thing down. There was a response. There was a response. Look who responded in the story. The man getting up at Peter's request, right? Really, Peter commanded him, get up, walk. But we see that. We also see that Peter telling the man to get up in Jesus' name. Again, he didn't try to figure it out on the fly. He knew what he needed to say. And then there was a crowd that was watching. It says they were amazed and had wonder. Can't even believe that this could happen. There's no way, because I remember giving that guy money yesterday, and he was laying on the ground, and now he's dancing. There is no, that can't, is that him? Are you short? No, that can't be him, because he's been laying there for many, many years. I mean, we've known Fred for a long time, and Fred's a mess. We'll go with Fred. Sounds good. But Fred's a mess. But he's dancing. That makes completely no sense at all. And if you, if you take time this week and keep, continue to read in Acts chapter 3, uh, verse 16, Peter explains why it went down the way it went down. He's like, you want to know why? Because God showed up. That's why. That's what God wants to do here in our community. He wants to show up, and he's looking for people who are going to say, I'll go. I'll be a part of you showing up, God. Maybe some of you here today, you know, maybe that's for you. Maybe 1010 is the place for you. And if it's not for you, you need to plug into a Bible-believing, gospel-centered church who wants to, to grow um, in faith but also wants to see a community change for the kingdom of God. That's, that's what this is all about. So there was a response. And listen, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, it says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. You want to know the good news? It's, it's, this is how it plays out because every single one of us in this room today will respond to the message of Jesus Christ. And really the question for you today is, what are you going to do with him? So if you're a follower of Christ, what are you doing with him now? Are you looking at him as your provider in a negative way? When you don't get what you want from him, you kind of turn out, you turn off. Or are you someone here today that says, you know what, I'm, I'm beginning to see that like God's just not about, you know, popping the miracles out, but he wants me. He just wants me. Maybe that's you today. But when we choose to live with greater faith, listen, here's the thing. We're going to say yes. And God, you'll handle the rest. I know that you got it. I believe that you'll take care of it. I don't know what's going tomorrow. I don't even know what's going to happen after this gathering. But I know you're in it. Each of us will respond. 
And so when we talk about a need, when we talk about a miracle, when we talk about a response, really, we have to ask ourselves, what are we going to do with this? And I want to share a few things with you um, when we when we look at this, how we can apply this to our lives. The first is this, simply to reach up. We want to reach up. See, because there was a point in my life where I was that guy on the ground. And I'm grabbing for every single thing that was always temporary. See, for me, my, my stronghold was money. If I could just have more money, if I could be just like the people next door, if I could have the fancy, fancy. And guess what it did? It always put me in debt. And I had such a wrong look at money, seriously, until I reached up and I said, you're my source of provision, God. You're the one who's going to care for me. It doesn't matter how big my bank account is. You are bigger than that. And I had to reach up. And some of us here today are reaching for things that will never satisfy, ever, ever. We, we focus so much on the temporary we're so worried about how many likes we get on our Facebook page or how many people looked at our Instagram story. Really? Guilty too, right? I know y'all are smiling, but y'all do it too. Come on, let's just be honest. Okay. But listen, here's what we can understand is that when we go to grab onto Jesus Christ, we'll never be disappointed. We will never be disappointed. Let me tell you that again. You will never be disappointed. There were times where I was like, don't want to do this no more. This is insane. And now here we are today. Here we are today saying we're going to push back the darkness in Norristown. So I had to reach up, though. Some of you need to reach up today. And the second thing I want to share with you is, is reach down. Reach down. And what do I mean by that? There may be some things that God has been asking you to pick up for a long time, and you've allowed it just to lay there dormant. And he's saying, I want you to grab this because you know this isn't impossible for me. Each of you know your life situations. Each of you know what you're going to face tomorrow. Each of you know the difficulties that are coming your way. But guess what? He's saying, I want you to reach down and grab it. I want you to grab it. I want you to take it because I'm going to take it with you. You don't have to do this alone. I think too often I try to do a lot of stuff on my own and I always get frustrated. And yet, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to say a big Lord of the Rings geek, but I love the trilogy. And there's a, there's, there's a one, just one scene where Samwise Gamgee in the Return of the King says to Frodo, he says, let me take the ring. Let me carry the load. And you know, Christ is saying to you today, let me help you carry your burden. Let me help you carry your load. You don't have to do this on your own. That's why we want to create a community where we do life deeply together. Where we say, listen, again, as we began, like, I don't get this. I don't have all the answers. I know Christ is the answer, but let's do this together. I'm just as messed up as you are, but we can do this together. We can bring on a, a kingdom front that the community sees that says, that's what I really need. That's what I need. Because they are, are really saying it's all about Christ. And so that's where we are, folks. You want to reach up and you want to reach down. But do you really, the question is, do you really want to live with greater faith? Now, here's the thing about greater faith. As the worship team comes up, as, we, as we're going to bring this to a close, you know, one of the things that passage of scripture that came to me was Luke 17, 5. And in Luke 17, 5, the apostles, it says, the apostles said to their Lord, 
increase our faith. And I thought that was fascinating. And, and, and as I prayed on that passage of scripture, the Lord, the Lord impressed upon my heart, like this is where you need to go this year for 2019, greater faith. And then he was saying to me, you know, really, it's, it's not really having greater faith. It's understanding that the faith that you have, you got to go with. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He, I'm greater. You go with me. I'm greater. And, and maybe as this new year begins, as this church begins to go every week, maybe it's saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with what I have. This is what I love about Christ. Christ never said, get on your bike.